Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and you're listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. Tonight, I have a guest whose name is Jay, and he's a sex worker. And I have Paul with me, of course. Hey, guys. (laughs) And tonight we're going to talk a little bit about sex work, the BDSM community, and actually being a pro-dom. And so I'm going to let y'all kick it off. We're in the middle of doing a um, a, a series right now, and that we're going to be taking a a quick break from the series, but we're going to be continuing. Yeah, we've been doing a series on sexual issues people have, a variety of things, and how to resolve those. And we'll be coming back to those on our next show. But for tonight, we thought we'd just kind of step away from the sexual issues and have a little fun with some kinky stuff. And enjoyment of Oh, yes. (laughs) And so I'd like to ask, how did you get started in BDSM for hire? Um, So I started with, like, actually physically myself, entering the BDSM community physically from, I would like to define it as a self-worth and empowerment and understanding that me too am important. And now taking that and making sure everybody else knows I'm important too. 
(laughs) (laughs) Making sure that they understand that I'm that bitch. And they can be that bitch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And tell me a little bit about what sex work and BDSM being a dom, what's it like? What's the process like? So the process is, it can be easy, um, being that I do it for work, but it can also be a little difficult sometimes with your subs who, if it's his first encounter, if they are fully educated and informed on what they are getting themselves into and what all of that entails, and if they are actually ready for this type of lifestyle. And if it's not a lifestyle that they want to continue, that they are at least mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually prepared for that one time trial, I guess you would say. Like if they're no longer interested in this, that they at least know what they're about to get themselves into in that first encounter. So is it a lot of uh, communication with your client beforehand to make sure that they are- So from, yes. I would say, yes, I fully evaluate, if you want to call it an evaluation, my clients and subs somewhat before the meeting, but before anything is actually started, began, there is a communication because if I feel your vibes or energies or the reasoning is not there, I will not be performing said activity. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, um, a safety contract or agreement between two entities. And if one of them is, you know, their mind isn't aware that their conscious and subconscious actually means something that they like, they're not fully ready. Yeah. They're not ready first, but they're not able to process and understand what's actually happening. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. And one of the things I do is I do a full, complete BDSM interest evaluation that goes not only into what activities, but also into some of the psychological and healing aspects. What do you want to get out of this thing? What's what really gets your dick hard? <laughs> well, what's what is the root of this, and how yeah. are you going to heal? Or get your or- pussy wet. And- Let's get those juices flowing. <laughs> Throughout the body, up, down, mm, and out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the things we talk about all the time is so many people keep like their sexual experience only in their genitals and don't focus on the rest of their body. And like one of the things about doing BDSM and body work, it forces you to be aware of the whole body. Mm-hmm. This is- and if they're wired or not yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and like one of the other things that like we do when we do the interest evaluation is it's also an opportunity for you to talk about any like past wounds that you have like i have triggers traumas yeah triggers traumas like i have a pinched nerve and i have to be careful of the positions i'm in and you know that's something that's People, or what people are doing yeah. to your back where said nerves are coming. Yeah, yeah. Because like, that will fuck your body up. Yeah. And like <laughs> another thing that I need to inform anyone who plays with me about is that like I have a, a mild case of cerebral palsy, but 
once I go through a really hard scene, Gigi can vouch for this. Sometimes my cerebral palsy acts up and I'm just twitching and like drawn up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, if the person I'm playing with doesn't know that going in. They're unaware. Yeah. Yeah. It it will scare them. So I have to like. Not only scare them, it could possibly permanently harm and affect you mm -hmm. physically. That's one of the things I do in the BDSM evaluation is I ask about, do you have any medical conditions that I should be aware of? And do you cover things like that when you interview a client? Yes, I do, actually. Um, So being in the sex work as a BDSM instructor, if you will call it, um, I started off being a masseuse, a legit massage therapist um Mm -hmm. specializing in deep tissue massages you can hurt someone by popping their back you know cracking the neck popping any muscle you know arms in general but definitely by giving them a massage if they have prior Mm -hmm. like physical damage if anything has happened to them in the past that's affecting them to in today and in the future so i have to fully ask them where's place specifically that's causing you pain what kind of pain does it feel like does it continue somewhere else like does it do you feel like you start that connection somewhere and do you know does it extend Mm -hmm. and go along i personally have neuropathy and i'm anemic so i get shooting pains Mm -hmm. from my nerves down into my fingertips the fire I don't let a lot of people massage me because that they can push on the nerve ending that's, you know, cranked or twisted, whatever it is causing me pain. And they can press on that and trigger that, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. pain. Mm -hmm. So I have to inform people. And if you have a broken bone or, you know, a pinched nerve. Or a bad knee or any number. Educated, you can mess somebody's mess somebody up or or diabetes for example yeah you got to be real careful with people with diabetes because sometimes they won't feel how much you're actually hurting and that's another problem okay well i do have a big pain tolerance i mean yeah not like you, but yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, very few people have the people I was like, uh, even I have a fairly good pain tolerance when I was in a sub, and I'm kind of a switch. Okay. And, See, I would like uh, to. And I enjoy it's um it's more rare now because I used to be mostly submissive. Because back in the day, you had to be one or the other. You couldn't be both. And now things have laxed up a lot in the community where you can be a switch. But there was a time where you had to choose, be a dom or be a sub. (laughs) Let me ask you this, if I may. Yeah. You think it is the same actually via sex work? Because, you know, BDSM community, the BDSM fetish community isn't, always sex workers yeah you see what i'm saying it's always you know it's most generally if you're doing it correctly a connection regardless if there is work involved or not Mm -hmm. but do you think it would be the same do you think a dom would be able to be a dom 
or dominant and submissive via work? I think if I was in sex work, I would have someone on my side be the dominant overseer if I were to sub for a client, okay. just for safety reasons. Safety comes first. Yes. First and always. And they would have final word and they would have absolute control of, okay, let's stop the scene now. Yeah. Because they can see something that neither of the players can see. Yeah, yeah. They are dissecting and analyzing the full Mm -hmm. situation and scenario from a Mm -hmm. person's experience. And so if someone is a sex worker and wants to work as a submissive, have make it in your contract that you're going to have a guardian to watch out and make sure everything's done safely. And that they're not only there for your safety, but the safety of the client as well. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, if anything goes like a, it could be a, an RN, a nurse, you know, it doesn't have to be in the medical field people, but just in general, they're like, if anything goes wrong, mm-hmm. that there is somebody who is fully capable to know how to, Provide, resuscitate, to mm-hmm. pop up an arm back, whatever this, you know. And as not. part of my social work training, because I worked in a mobile crisis unit for four years, I got training in not only CPR, but also how to, if a client were to go off, how to take them down safely and keep mm-hmm. them from harming self or others. And unfortunately, guests that is a precaution and a subconscious thing you have to have in the back of your head. Like you have to be fully aware of Mm -hmm. the possibilities that can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Definitely people process things differently, whether it be words, physical things, connections, relationships, et cetera, that we all process things differently. And so, we're also triggered by different things. Yeah, that's, that's, they could process, they can want to like it. And if they're not prepared or ready, like Paul said, it can process differently and it can trigger said past PTSD. And I can even tell you a story about, because I was trained as a hypnotherapist and the person that trained me he had a client he was going to hypnotize to, I forget if it was to stop smoking or some other issue they were having. So he had her pick an object in the room to focus on. And while he was taking her into a trance state in the, in the middle of taking her down into a trance state, she just totally freaked out and later and she just went in you know just ballistic and later he learned that she had been raped as a little kid and she didn't wasn't even aware of this trigger but she had looked at a light plug and that's what she chose in the room to look at while being raped and just tuned out the rape and it had been buried in her subconscious And just using that trigger, it just triggered her into this episode. And he had to spend like four hours of counseling to bring her back to equilibrium. 
So you never know what might be someone's trigger. <laughs> yes. But good um, to have a safety person. It's mm -hmm. good. Yes. And it's actually really important, but also really good on both the Dom and the subs like side of a safe word and giving somebody, not only giving your sub the option to have a safe word, which it really shouldn't be an option. It should be, you know, mandated. Um, yeah. But also for the sub themselves to know that like, Hey, I can stop this, that you are in control without being in control. You are in control of your safety and that, you know, they're not going to hurt me if mm -hmm. I still like, okay, not hurt you. They are probably going to hurt you. Harm. But, uh, they're not yes, going to harm you. Thank you. <laughs> if you say stop that, that that's like I said, an agreement, a contract, Mm -hmm. Both of you are understandings. Like I'm here to fully give you an like an empowerment, if you will, within yourself, and mm -hmm. you are capable and in control of when that begins, when it starts, when it abruptly uh, stops. So, do you know? And how to oh, go create, ahead. Do you know how to create like a safe word like thing with like if you have a client that like really wants to be gagged like a ball gag if they are not being if it's not possible for them to be verbal yes. uh have them hold a scarf okay and then if they let go of the scarf oh, okay. that is your sign that it needs to stop and yeah like maybe like wave it if you want to be a yellow okay i was not aware yeah of a scarf but see, i have also only gagged one person yeah it was not by request it was because they were too loud <laughs> don't judge me anyone in the audience if you do oh well i judge myself even worse hey, that's why i built my studio with soundproofing <laughs> well i fully um it was at one of my old apartments mm. and they had wanted me to walk on their back with i think they were my six inch stilettos maybe like my four or five inch but they wanted me to walk on their back in a stiletto if you don't know in the audience it is a stripper heel it is a pump well i can understand how much that hurt being it's a full size person in a high heel and they screamed and i was on his back wasn't going to jump off of his back or you know like move too sudden because that's a high heel in somebody's back right next to their spine controlling mm -hmm. everything so I grabbed the first thing near me and it happened to be a Comcast remote. So I did not know about a scarf, but I, I, I've never just had, yeah, that, More, no, I'm like, no, like, you know, that's one of the things, like, I you can I have anything for a safe signal, just something besides being able to say words. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But See, what's but important like, is to have the safe signal. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we are all about like education and stuff like that. Like that's a thing that Gigi had told me about and I had never thought of it before. And oh, it just scarf. made so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. See, so that is so like like I just told y'all what the session was. You know, mm -hmm. somebody walking on your back is miles was not anything supposed to be like, yeah. Oh, you're gonna not be able to be verbal. So it, uh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. definitely verbal. Yeah, just yeah. really loud screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So thank y'all for that. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Appreciate them. I have a question for you. 
Yes. What are some of the more unusual requests you get as a pro dom? I, it was unusual for me. I wanted, or somebody wanted me to um, go into a gas station restaurant that was located on the outside, separated from the store. And they told me they wanted me to fart into a brown paper bag and leave it there. There was money inside the restroom outside before I even entered the restroom. And I was like, well, first, okay, originally he wanted me to shit in the toilet, pull it out of the toilet and put it in this brown paper bag for him. And I was like, boo, I'm sorry. That's like, the, <laughs> no, I'm not touching my shit. Like, you know, <laughs> um, but so then we settled on that. He was like, you don't even have to meet me. Like, I don't even have to see you. You can go in there and be like, hey, and I'll be somewhere near. Cool. Money will be already there. So I did do that, but he wanted me to basically fart several times in a brown paper bag and fold the top or to, you know tie it up and leave it there. And he gave me $350. And this is six years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> the weirdest thing. I, was, I mean, I don't know if it's the texture, the taste, whatever that gets yeah. their dick wet or gets them off. But yeah, I did. I still fully don't understand it, but I did do that. So I've actually had clients. I mean, well, not clients, but play partners that were into scat play in the gay community. And that was one of my hard limits. I said, not blood. There's a safety issue. Blood I can do all kinds of things I can do, but scat play, not quite my thing. Yeah, like you do water. But I'm okay with people doing it if it's your oh, thing, but do it safely. I'm judging you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I fully understand. So blood, it's a thing for me. Um, like we were talking discussing earlier about you know the complications of having HIV and when it progresses to AIDS. And people, especially the subs I come in contact with the majority of the heterosexual lifestyle. So a lot of heterosexual people, subconsciously, it is not their fault because this is what was forced into their brain as kids and being a sponge, you know, our minds that HIV and AIDS is only, yes, that it's only a gay thing. That is completely a thousand percent false. Yeah. The people who are heterosexual, you know, quote unquote, it think that they don't have to get tested. Or, you know, make sure that they're playing safe or, you know, whatever the stipulation is. So the blood thing is out of there for me, regardless if they're homosexual or heterosexual. I have piercings. I have tattoos. I get tattoos frequently. You know, I'm a costume designer. So a sewing needle, stabbing a finger and open, you know, like that, that's all a caution for me. I don't care who you are, what you are. Your blood is not going to get on my body. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, and I saw, so I'm just like, Oh no, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That that would be another limit for me, but those are the reasonings behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, yeah. Safety does come first. So, uh, so Jay, I, yes. I have a question. If it's okay. Of course. So I'm a little curious because like me and Gigi tend to like, we run our temple and people who come and, want us to work with them like we work with them because like mostly because we're trying to like promote the thing like the knowledge the knowledge and the learning and like 
teach people how to do the things safely. It's and a we, physical and, learning and, experience. And, and we have, we create these bonds with the, the people that we work with. And I think, it, like, I feel like when you do it professionally, there's a certain amount of shielding that you need to put into place. Like, how do you decide the lines between, because the thing that you're doing is a very intimate thing. And like it to a degree takes like kind of really understanding your client, mm -hmm. but also you have to have some level of like shielding yourself from their thing that like, okay. like we don't experience. So like being an impact. Yeah. That's yeah. literally what you're explaining. Okay. So that's what I'm a summer summit up. Uh, around because i get exactly what yeah. you're asking yeah, yeah um being an empath because i am personally a huge empath the like best like greatest lesson you can fully learn and educate yourself on is how to be there and vibe and feel with someone but not allow it to penetrate yourself or like you know fray you from your shit because their personal traumas, PTSD, emotions affects you now. Yeah. And you're talking about shielding. Yes. That, yeah. I mean, that's protecting yourself. Like safety is first. You always have to protect yourself first and foremost, but also make sure that the client, the sub friend, whoever it is, your partner is safe as well, that it is going to be a safe, enjoyable process for the both of you. And if you can learn, educate, teach, learn something from the situation, that's beyond the gift that you could ever ask for. I mean, that's your life at hand. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What is the process like? Like, where do you find potential clients? So, and I, what, how do you work with them to get them in the right mindset for a scene? So it may be different as it is for every situation and people like, you know, couple partners, whatever. I personally have not advertised for my sex work, my dumb work, um, anywhere but your local dating app. As I well, first and foremost, Backpage was shut down now five years so ago. Fucking sad. But yeah, it's, it's about it's, five years it's right Dome, when it Trump. Was Dome, right? Um, was no, it, it, it was Dome called Backmate. Backpage. No, I know, but like, wasn't it Doma? The law was Doma. Oh, I, I do not know. I just the, the know law was Doma. they fully shut us the fuck out. Yeah. And I, so I used to be on there. I used to post very rarely on Backpage or at a, or not Backpage, um, Craigslist as well, which is very, very rare mm -hmm. that I was on the Craigslist, but I was there. It's like the backup of the backup. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I was also on Adam for Adam. And now since Backpage, I'm on Adam for Adam. Craigslist is, you know, the Craigslist killer movie like that. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is very all real stuff. Mm -hmm. That is the possibility. Um, so now I'm just on your local dating app, Grindr. Like there's Scout, Meet Me, um, Adam for Adam. There is now also a wonderful website called sniffies.com. Mm -hmm. The anonymous, the curious, and I guess the straight. It's very hidden. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, that it's it's people on the down low. Yeah, or you know, 
the people kind of into this community. So yeah, that's basically what I do. I, I'm there in general, promoting myself as a entity and my line of costumes as well as my dom work. So how, how much of your clientele do you think you get by word of mouth? In Texas, probably like 20%. Okay. In Texas. I'm not a big, I don't want to say a big dom, but like I'm I don't really do this as much in Texas. A lot of people don't want to pay me or compensate my time for beating, like tying them up or shackling them to their shower curtain and beating them with a flogger. They, they're like, you're going to beat the hell out of me and I have to pay you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not asking to beat you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You came to me, bitch. Yeah, I, that's really what it, I mean, this is, the, I'm not getting anything off besides like, you know, cue. Like, I, I'm leaving in said hour or longer, depending on the session. Like, and then if I see you again, then there will become an actual bond. Because like I mentioned earlier to you, probably it's like, it can either be a connection, a relationship that grows and builds a one-time fling, like a one-night stand mm -hmm. of BDSM because they have this fetish about it or like this kink. I, you can educate me on that. I've never, people have told me separate, fetish and kink, separational, mm -hmm. like definition-wise. What, I always forget, is it the action of the thought? Well, there's... A fetish can be like a foot fetish. Mm -hmm. But is that and, the idea? And it's not, it, the kink is a little bit more leaning towards the BDSM side, as I understand it. Okay. okay. Whereas so a fetish can involve no pain whatsoever. Yeah, of course. But be something that's a sexual turn on, which kind of gets me to my next question is do you combine sex? with bdsm or is it kept separate in your for your uh clients so as of the late i want to say two and a half three years it has been probably like 75 to 80 percent separated because i will fully switch up my mentality i won't but i guess subconsciously it does yeah um, if that is all you're wanting, then that is all you will get. Mm -hmm. So I stopped. That's why I mentioned at the beginning how I started actually being active in this lifestyle and line of work is learning my self-worth. Mm -hmm. Well, I have now been doing be, or being a sex worker for, I want to say, 13 to 14 years of my life. And that's being an act like active sex worker um, yeah. having people do things to me to please themselves you know um so now i used to oh well you only want the dick and to be beaten you know so it's like okay well i was gonna go be a ho-ho like source <laughs> told me to be i was being a ho-ho <laughs> and beating them and not charging them what i knew i could but because it's not just the sex, you know, with the little rough play, it's, you know, it's a full em envisionment, imagination, like in your imagination, Words are a fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy, yeah. So it's like. It's you, fantasy from fulfillment. Yes. But, you know, so it's like, oh, well, yeah, I want you to come over here and fuck the shit out of me. But I also want you to choke me and slap me and do whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, sure. I mean, okay. I can wrap my hand around your throat and, you know, slap somebody. That ain't hard. 
but what that is doing for them compared to what it's doing for you. Yeah. So it gives them just the basic sex compared to the basic sex from that to like way up here, you know, like mm-hmm. as of like the um, appreciation and the like feeling of that, you know, like it's giving them something more than it's giving you. So that's why I started. No, mm-hmm. you can get that. But after you're paying me for a massage, whether you get it or not, you are yeah. compensating me for my deep tissue massage. But on top of that, well, that turns into a kink and a fetish. And then now I'm going to have to triple my rate because yeah, yeah. it's something that not your regular community is into. You mm-hmm. can't go on Google and find like, well, maybe you can in today. <laughs> maybe you can. But you know, like, oh, well, I know so, a lot of people separate sex from BDSM. That's why I was asking. It's a mental thing. It's for well, for me at least, it is full, mm-hmm. fully a mental thing. Um, because if you're asking to be treated like a subdominant human who is going to be the carpet underneath my fucking combat boot, that is what you are. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you're not a human to me at that point. You are the carpet underneath my combat boot. And if it's like, oh, well, let's have sex. And I want you to just like, okay, well, I'm not going to shove my dick in you and like hit you upside the head with my combat. Like, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I try to, it's like more of a, you're a human today, respect. <laughs> but you're still subdominant. Like that's, mm-hmm. so that's why I separate them. It's probably shielding for my safety. I mean, definitely. What are some of the things common things that you do for clients in BDSM and what are some of the things you do in your other side with sex work that's common? Okay. So for the BDSM side of like commonly that I do, I'm typically, so let me word it like this after the evaluation and fully understand in specifics, black and white of what they are requesting in detail, I then will state and ask basically like, okay, are you comfortable with this? Please let me know basically by giving them a safe word. You know, if I cross the line, if anything, you know, pops and hurts in not a good feeling way, I'm typically getting people to be on their knees and being a virtual bank account mm. while I am sitting back enjoying them worship my feet. I am draining their wallets but they're into it uh yes so they yeah. were born to be a human wallet i'm just the bank account that approves that type of card we're like what is it american express <laughs> nobody accepts that shit anymore <laughs> um, so that's like what commonly really happens and what i promote for so it's not because it's a fetish like you said it's an idea or concept in their head a fantasy I will give you that. And there is no physical pain being involved. There's no, besides you craving a nasty, sweaty, smelly foot besides your mouth tasting like a nasty, sweaty foot, like nothing long-term. <laughs> so I try to advocate and promote that because it feels fucking great. It's empowering, builds up your self-esteem and self-love. And also I'm getting paid to be worshiped and put on the pedestal as the God I am. Mm-hmm. So, so that's right up TG's. Oh, yes. 100% why GG started a sex temple. Because in the ancient sex I temple... I love you, Gigi. <laughs> like in, in the ancient sex temples, like 
people didn't just go there to worship like the gods of sexuality. They went there to be worshipped as gods. It's, the, it's the, a beautiful the physical theme. manifestation of that sex god. You are that god. Even in if that it's moment. that spur of a, yes, in that moment. Even if it's a spur of the moment. And also, I believe we're energy beings within a physical form, and that energy being is a spiritual entity. Oh, of course. And a lot of people heal by sexual. Mm-hmm. I guess healing their pro- properties, like yeah. it heals people emotionally and spiritually during their sex. Oh, so, in fact, during the Roman Empire, soldiers returning from war had to go to a sex temple first and see a sacred harlot before they could come back into society for healing. So it was like a halfway house for sex workers. Yeah, war sex workers for for, for, the, for soldiers. Yeah, the war. Yeah, and basically they had very low incidence of PTSD and many of the traumas that our soldiers return with because they went through this healing process with the sacred harlot. That's crazy. It's not crazy, but like that's crazy interesting. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize how long BDSM has been practiced and how much it combines with the spiritual side of healing and and even sex work because the sacred harlots also did a lot of nurturing and and healing work with their the people that came to them. Yeah, sex work is not always sexual. Like, I mean, I yeah, I I mean, so like cuddle comfort is another website I used yeah, to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, one of the thing, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Paul. But no, of course, one of the cool down activities I have Paul do after a really heavy scene is to sit in my lap and nurse on my nipple. Okay, mm-hmm. and it it gets back to that kind of nurturing caregiving you're safe here drink on the energy out of my breast and honestly we tend to do that like when we do scenes where like like so one of the things me and Gigi do is we've used bdsm to like really work through a lot of the traumas that i have And so, like, when we do a a very raw scene that's, like, really... Attacking your traumas. Yeah, yeah. Like, really, they're, like, first of all, one of the things that really works with me and Gigi is I am a service sub, and Gigi is a service dom. And a lot of people Mm. don't know that service doms exist but what do you mean by service dom i think would would you mind defining it Gigi? yeah basically i do a little more in depth with people i work with directly for long-term sub i really get down into what what are your passions where do you want to go what do you want to achieve through this and what have you been through that causes you blockages and i go real in depth to help challenge my submissive to face those 
traumas and overcome the blockages. And so that's a service I'm providing. Mm -hmm. And part of what I'm getting out of it is that I can bring out my full sadistic side as okay. I role play the perpetrator of the trauma, guide them through this process and bring them to full resolution and step informative mm -hmm. of your traumas and triggers yeah and so like and evaluate when, them and accept them and mm -hmm. grow because mm -hmm. it's a learning experience that's beautiful okay and it's about facing fears and overcoming those fears because mm -hmm. our bodies hold on to memories that aren't always in our head mm -hmm. and so we have body memory that it's like, have you ever walked into a store and all of a sudden froze up for no reason at all? It's because something triggered your body memory. And oh. basic response is either fly, flight, fly, or fly, fight. fly, fight, or freeze. And a lot of people a don't realize people, freeze is one a lot of the of people responses. Don't realize freeze is just as common as fight or flight. Yeah. Like, think of a deer in the headlights, how they freeze and just stay oh, still. Oh, yeah, I guess. They're like, what the fuck, UFO? Boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, And yeah. so part of that's body trauma being held for all these years. And through BDSM, we work through a process to where the submissive can process all the things going on and reach catharsis and catharsis can be a very healing process. All of a sudden you're experiencing something that goes much deeper than talking that can do. Yes. It's kind of, and I like to share this story. I learned, I learned about orgasms before I could have one. And I, I went to the library, I looked it up, I learned okay, all I the information like, about orgasm that I could find. And I thought, oh, I know all about orgasms. And then when I got old enough and finally had one, mm -hmm. I was like, shit, I don't know anything about orgasms. Like the books didn't tell me coming would be that fucking good. <laughs> I, I mean, so one of the things that puts context to the story Gigi being intersex, most intersex people uh, are late bloomers. You weren't able to have an orgasm until, wasn't it you were 17? Yeah, around 17. Ooh. Yeah. I so, didn't reach puberty until around 17. <laughs> that was not a, um, y'all can see in the, or you can see in the camera. That was not like a cringy face for you. That was like a damn. I was a ho. A ho. <laughs> I was a ho, oh, ho, ho. Don't get me wrong. I love sex even before I could orgasm because I love that tingly feeling down there. Oh, like whenever you're like blowing your wad everywhere, but nothing's happening. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't reach a full orgasm. It just feels. You get into more of the pleasures well, and like, that like, tingly feeling. I know exactly what you're yeah, yeah, like one of the things with Gigi, again, this comes from Gigi being intersex. There are times, and like at first it like kind of offended me because I thought I was doing something wrong. But there are times where Gigi will have me suck his dick and like it 
won't ever get fully hard. Like it will firm up a little bit. But they enjoying that. But like yeah. also like I'm in my female like, mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like sometimes Gigi is my clit, you bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Gigi's <sighs> fully in the female side, and like it's hot for Gigi, and now it's hot for me. And now that I know it's not because I'm doing something wrong. Oh, and I even have non-ejaculatory orgasms when I get into that mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean multiples don't actually ejaculate. But well, mo- most of the time that like I play with Gigi, he has like two or three non-ejaculatory orgasms before I make him come. I was blessed because I've had both female type orgasms and male type orgasms and have from the first from the beginning when I first started having orgasms. So I have a and they are a bit different. <laughs> yeah, that I was just I was like, I have a question if you don't mind. Yeah. Is it a drastic difference? It's you know, like is it complete like this is over here and then like, the way I describe it is when I ejaculate and come as a guy, it's like fireworks going on off. Okay. When I come as on my feminine side, it's more like waves lapping up on the beach. They're not quite as intense, but they're repetitive. And so I go into the throes of orgasm, which lasts much longer. Okay. And it's more full body than just in my genitals. But men can also learn how to have those type of orgasms. Oh, yeah. Because we're all start in the womb as female. Oh, yeah, because a man. It's not until the differentiation process that males come out, but we all have the same building blocks when it comes to sexuality. Yes. Oh, no, I fully understand um, scientifically and I guess you would say spiritually. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, like I was explaining to Paul earlier, is every entity, like this is our shell. Okay, this is our outer shell. And like you just yeah. mentioned earlier, you felt like it was a full, like, um, emotional inside experience, not necessarily physically. Um, I believe, so I'm polyamorous and pansexual. If oh, I, I am to, too. <laughs> like, if I had to be categorized with the human species, I do not associate. If you only, if you have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I because I fully, do, that's a whole nother conversation but um yeah so it's like me being able fully capable and into the entity and the spirit within every spirit and entity is brought into the universe with a feminine and masculine energy it yeah. is in masculine do not mean man and female so i am capable to fall in love with the person within like the entity and the spirit of their being mm-hmm. rather than you know, physical the, appearance. The show, because you do. Well, I mean, that's what. So subconsciously, the human being immediately is giving it the opportunity to fall in love with by appearance. And I explain that because it's like if you walk into the club or the room or the class, whatever it is, and out of everybody, that person stood out. It was because of their appearance. Something caught their eye. So subjectively, in our minds, we don't know we're not conscious but that's why they were even it was even an opportunity for them to be with me 
because your appearance, you know, not me, but the human. So that's why I say I'm polyamorous pansexual. I fall in love with the entity, the spirit within, because our bodies, our physical appearance is only the shell that we are mm-hmm. happen to be captured in and trapped mm-hmm. to learn the life lessons that we need to learn. That also sounds very demisexual. But see, I hold up my genitals and belly button and nipples ripped off for me. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's that's one of the things we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Well, we're at station break. And I want to remind people to check out our websites. Go to ggwilber.com if you're interested in sex coaching. And go to ravenslayerleather.com if you're interested in some of the video training programs I have or more information about who I am and what I do. And I also run Aphrodite's Temple, which is based on the ancient sex temples. We do healing and spiritual sexuality work in Aphrodite's Temple. So check out our website. Aphrodite's Temple is at ladyboytemple.com. Paul, do you have anything you want to add? Um. Yeah, one of the things that people can do when they go to the RavensLayerLeather.com uh, uh, website is we have a link to our Patreon. Go to Patreon.com forward slash LadyBoyGigi and find our Patreon. And that's a place that people can go and support the work that we do and keep bringing out all of this really good sexual education for adults and make it possible. So if, if anyone is interested, you can do that. Uh, Also, I'd like to ask our guest and our guest again is Jay DeVille. That's J A Y space. Oh, J A Y Y -Y two Y's. Yes. D apostrophe V I L like the devil, not like Cruella. <laughs> mm-hmm. From the house of Deville. Yes, from the mistaken. house of Deville, actually yeah. in Los Angeles, California. So, and what is your? Do you have a, any websites or social no, media? I'm currently, in the process of making my website for my custom gimp hoods, face hoods, ski masks, and baklavas. So, since I'm in the process of fully creating that you can reach me at masked ghoul productions it is m-a-s-k-e-d like a mask underscore ghoul g-h-o-u-l underscore p-r-o-d-z and i specialize in customized subhoods so if you need a sub hood a hood for your sub your slave your partner let's collaborate and make you the beautiful piece that you would need. And it sounds kind of like that's a form of color in a way. Yes, a way to true. demonstrate. Yeah. A way to demonstrate ownership of your sub. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. So it's if you are not there as the dom and your sub is just out and about, let's say at a nightlife event, and they, you know, typically wear masks then every other bitch in the club or venue or an event will know that that is yours, that that is fully your property and that they are 
completely owned. And mm-hmm. it's, a thing. it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. So, yeah, it, it, it's something that can be worn with pride. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I made Paul a color that mm-hmm. he wears in servitude to me. So what is a color? Oh, a collar. Collar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's a it's I made it out of red and black leather with some spikes and a ring with of a serpent biting its tail. Or a bolus, I believe is the name of the serpent the eating its tail. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name for it. Um yeah, or a boris. Yeah. But anyway, so back to our program. Unless you had anything you wanted to add, Jay. I was just looking for my collar to show you, since you have me on camera, um, of one that I custom had made from a friend. Uh, oh, okay. They are metal spikes, but the spikes are penises. Oh, cool. I'm just going to show you since yeah. you said collar. But yes, no, you can continue. Not oh, okay. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. <laughs> so back to our topic. Yes. And I think next I'd like to touch a little bit on your sex work. Yes. You covered a lot on BDSM. Can you go into what that's like? Yes. So you said a common, the question was a common thing that I partake in via BDSM and sex work. So I told you BDSM. Now sex work is usually, okay, so I have an OnlyFans, fans only, et cetera, et cetera, where I sell my content. That would be the main thing that I would be doing that's common between my actual sex work, or I would be topping them. So I would be penetrating said partner. But that is pretty much besides, again, having my feet worship. So that's the com- most common mm-hmm. thing that I partake in or indulge in. Oh, oh, uh, Gigi's such a foot slut. <laughs> such a foot slut. And he's taught me very well. If you yeah. ever want your toes sucked, I can <laughs> suck the shit out. Thank you for the offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that would be in very black and white words. I mean, majorly selling my nudes or my content videos for penetrating beings. Well, okay, this gets back into your plugs. What is your OnlyFans? It would be OnlyFans.com forward slash Maskool. So M-A-S-K-E-D-G-H-O-U-L. Ah. A Maskool pretty much everywhere on Google or J. And what kind of things do you have for sale on that? On my OnlyFans? So there's solo videos of ejaculation i guess you would say you know masturbation um there's also videos that i have with other beings um i've been topping there's videos of people worshiping my feet praising me in general there's content of me in makeup there's content of me in my mask business there's 
I'm a whole entrepreneur. <laughs> do you do any writings or do you do or have storylines with some of this or no actually. or is it kind of play acting on some of it no um so they're mainly people that i have collaborated with other artists in the sex line business since the pandemic so there's not really no skits besides whenever i used to do porn oh okay i didn't create those you know the company did yeah I just went along for the pictures. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if someone's interested in getting into that, are there contracts that protect you from the company that shot it? Or oh yes, it's just um so it's it's a full disclosure information as well as a contract that you sign with an agreement, basically, you know, giving them full consent because consent is key in every aspect in anything. Um, but consent for them to upload said video, you do choose your own name. Somebody already has that name with said company, then you alter your name, I guess. So you're different than anyone else. But yes, it is basically, they don't disclose any of your personal information of who you are on a legal base. The name they give you, it could be Spider-Man or Spider-Pig or Llama. Yeah, yeah, whatever name it is, that's what you will be only known as. They don't promote your personal social medias, your OnlyFans. You know, it's a porn agency. But that's what it is. Like you get the video online or via DVD or website. And do they sell it for you or do you sell it? So OnlyFans is different. OnlyFans is an account that I made. It's a profile that I upload my own content, et cetera. And, I, and then advertise promote to get subscribers and that way the actual porn agencies adult film agencies whether heterosexual or homo homosexual i was gonna say homophobic <laughs> <laughs> or homosexual are actually they it's just a studio you show up to you know what i'm saying so they upload it on their website and then that way then i don't if they have the profile or account to on another website it shares it to all other adult mm -hmm. video websites mm -hmm. so that's basically what it'll do they'll just share it on theirs and they'll like boom 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 you can go to youtube pornhub yeah pornhub you know all of them and then so, you can find your video somewhere so do you know if you have any scenes on pornhub that if people were you could probably find that but you would be googling the website my name and his name that's probably the like hey, what, what 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 was your point Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can Google me everywhere. And that's just my name for custom design, drag, dumb work, porn. Jay DeVille? Jay. Uh, just Jay. Yeah, Jay. J-A-Y-Y. -Y. <laughs> he said gay DeVille. <laughs> Anywho, but yes. So that's basically the answer to that. They, with the agency, they upload. Well, I have another question. Of the three endeavors you're into, which is your favorite? The BDSM, the costuming, or the sex work? The costuming, I would have to say. And that would include being the living, walking, breathing art. Mm -hmm. The actual action of being there in a costume is what is my favorite. Oh, okay. Costuming and mass production of creating shit for other people it's time consuming frustrating and fucks with you know the mind 
but it's fun. I appreciate that more than, I mean, being forced to do stuff. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but the BDSM, me being a Dom is, would definitely be damn near my second. Like it is my second favorite, almost to the first. And I'd like to ask this, what do you get out of the work you do? Does it, do you get anything spiritual or is it more just fun and no, uh, so, for um, lack of better words, hedonistic? <laughs> um, so it's, it, it's definitely fun, but also like most people in the world battle mental health issues. Um, so it definitely empowers, uplifts and validates the self-love that everyone should have for themselves mm-hmm. gives you a reason to be not, not stuck up, but you know, to feel good and appreciate and love yourself. So it fully does something for me just as much as the partner. And I think a lot of people don't realize it, but there's a difference between being conceited and having self-love being loving yourself you're not selfish yeah making sure that you're prioritizing yourself Mm -hmm. because only you have you so you know you're prioritizing (laughs) yourself and making sure that you are and i often have a lot of my subs in the past and now with paul have him kneel at the altar in my crotch and worship me oh yeah (laughs) that's a big part of the work that we do it's like the the idea of worship we've kind of touched on this several times but like uh for me it was really interesting when i started training under Gigi. like Mm -hmm. i had i had been a very spiritual person and then i lost my spirituality along the way Mm. and it was only through like really doing like the spiritual sexual play that I do with Gigi that I refound my spirituality. And like what, like we talked about earlier, like part of the idea behind the ancient sex temples, which Gigi like used as a framework Mm -hmm. for when we made our own sex temple, you went there to be worshiped. And to worship others. <laughs> and to worship others. Yeah. Uh, as like the beautiful sexual beings that they are. Like one it of is the important. One, one of the things that I had to learn with Gigi is like when I started working at the temple, I thought it I thought I was gonna get laid all of the time. <laughs> it was gonna be a way to have a whole lot of sex. And like most of the time i don't wind up having sex with people who come to temple but when i do very often it's not people i am physically attracted to it's people that need sexual healing and like it's a different feeling to like be able to open myself in a sexual way to them to like comfortable to to let them be able to experience that sexual healing. And like, there's like, so Gigi is literally a sexual harlot. And I'm a sexual harlot in training. (laughs) But like, part part of, 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> but part of the work that we do is to like be there for people that don't have an outlet for their sexuality. And like I help them like create this outlet. And it's almost like I, I think of it as a pressure release in a lot of ways. And I might not be at all physically attracted to the person. And I still am there for them sexually for for them and not for myself and not for what you're getting out of it. Yeah. And I thought that I was going to be like just getting my rocks off constantly and it was going to be all about me and like getting into the work that I'm doing. I realize it's all about the person I am giving this experience to. And I think part of it, too, is that we are all wounded from living in such a sex negative culture. And the wounds aren't always apparent. I remember having almost no sex ed. And I remember the first time a girl wanted to French kiss me and I didn't know what that was. Here's this girl trying to cram her tongue in my throat. What the fuck? What was that? And for? then it was so humiliating when word got out that I didn't know how to French kiss. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. I've never thought about it like that. And, you know, we get wounded in such weird, and sometimes they're little ways, but they have big consequences. It made me really almost embarrassed for years to even French kiss a girl once I learned what it was like and what it was all about. Your mouth was physically assaulted by said person's tongue. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. I almost choked on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's because we don't get a proper sex education in our culture. It's, it's a slut shaming on tin. Yeah. yeah. And it's bad, and we do not condone, advocate, or promote sex or not sex work. It's slut shaming. We advocate sex negative condone sex work. <laughs> but I think part of it is that we we all need to be healed at some level from living in a sex negative culture, and that's what sex the Aphrodite's temple is all about. And that leads me to my next question. Do you feel like you do a lot of healing work in the work you do? Not a lot, but yes. I come in contact with, like majority of the time in the gay community or the queer community is people most of the time are under the influence by themselves. You know, they, and I don't even know if they're, consciously aware of their everyday thought, you know, like their regular mind mm -hmm. under said things. So to heal somebody, I like most recently, can you, like specifically, I don't feel like I have been, especially where I'm located because they're not, you know, you can't heal a brick wall. Yeah. You know, they're there, obviously, you know, in said state of mind to fully like be out of the body, you know? Mm -hmm. So it could be, but I, I physically don't know. Well, factually. well, can I, can I tell you like an observation? Of course. So like my observation about it 
is I was talking earlier about the amount of shielding that you have to yes. do in the professional work that you do. And it might be that like part of the thing that you have to do to shield yourself to be able to do this work is that because you can only take the vulnerability of so many people. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and like with your clients, you can't really Connect, take, on, yeah. take on their vulnerability. So it might be a fully healing experience for them. And you'll never know. Oh, no, that's what I said. I can't tell you if it is. Like, I don't know for certain if I'm healing them. I know subconsciously, yeah, I am. In some type of way, big or small. But they've never just been like, well, like one or two um, have. But nobody's, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, I need it. Like, versus my massages, you know, whenever somebody can't stand because of that posture for years and years and years. And, you know, they need that. Yeah, I've been praised for the massages way more than I have for doing my line of work. Ah, okay. So I was just curious because I know that a lot of times when you do sex work, it can be healing and you don't always see the healing. I know well, that yeah. I've had people come up to me in Aphrodite's temple and say, I got so much out of just coming and learning from you. And I go, wow, <laughs> where'd that yeah, come from? <laughs> the way they processed it was a lot more than just the sex or just the actual BDSM part. I, and, yeah. and I think part of that is because the difference between like the way we interact with the people who come to our temple, where it is us opening up a place for people to safety and to, yeah and also comfortability to, and, and also to experience like a lot of people like come to temple and then they might you know not really feel super comfortable but they know this is something that they want to like experience and like one of, one, one, one of the things that like we really have to do when we work together is uh like no one wants to be the first person to like get out there and start doing things. Oh, so yeah. a lot of times me and Gigi don't play while temple is going on because like we need to be aware of the energy inside of temple. But, but like sometimes we do a scene to kind of break the ice and like, let people know like this is a safe place to yeah you're like all of the shit we're into is way more than you could probably mm -hmm. imagine <laughs> you are good yeah <laughs> take your turtle shell off mm -hmm. shake that ass like it's supposed to be shaken uh -huh. <laughs> what are some of the experiences you've had that surprised you when in doing any of the work that you do surprise me okay Okay. Wasn't okay. I'm lying. I was about to, I'm judging without judging everyone. My regular, I see, he has this spur. It's like a, a boot spur, but it's on a, like a pizza cutter thing. And it has these, it's a wheel with these little spikes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what, what is it? A neuro wheel. A neuro wheel. Well, that, it neurologically and mentally fucks me up. So I can do it to him, but he like, I let him roll it on me because I was like, what the hell is that for? I don't, I, no, just no. 
it was sharp and pointy and he rubbed it over my ball sack and that shit hurt no it was it was a weird awkward like feeling like i just no just no like oh so that's probably like the weirdest thing i've experienced besides stomping somebody buying me some cleats like he asked me my shoe size when i bought them brand new for me to go over and kick him as hard as i could in his nuts Mm -hmm. but then he after telling him no he mentioned it before arriving that he wanted me to stop as hard as I could on his testicles. So, so, and so I that's refused. not how you do that. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, he, well, that's what he asked. Oh, well, I can't do that. Un- like, well, I have no, no, no. attached so, 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 so the thing is, here's the way you do that safely. Instead of stomping, this is the thing that Gigi did with me, and it's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. So I'll get naked and I will kneel with like my testicles like pulled out in front of me as far as they will go laying on the floor. And then Gigi will take his heel and he will very slowly lower until he has entirely like putting most of the pressure on that foot uh, until they're like pancakes across the ground but because it happens slowly and like one of the things with one one of the things with Gigi is like while he's doing this he'll be like okay I want you to breathe I want you to start taking deep breaths before this even starts happening I take I take deep deep breaths before he even puts any pressure on me and then he'll like he'll put his foot on it where I feel the pressure, but like most of it's still on his toe. So it's not like really putting any pressure on me, but I just am aware. It gets harder. I'm aware of where it is and he'll tell me to breathe and I'll breathe and I'll breathe and I'll breathe. And then he'll step a little bit harder and he'll be like, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. And then I'll breathe and I'll breathe and I'll breathe. And like, he might leave it at that pressure for like three to five minutes. And then he'll do just like a quarter of an inch down. And just a little little more pressure. Yeah, just a little more pressure and a little more pressure. And then by the end of it, he's able to fully put his weight on the back of his heel. Uh, and like, I I remember a couple of times he even ground his heel into my nuts while they were flat on the ground. And it fucking did so much for me. It was so good. It was so fucking good. I loved it. I, I loved every minute of it. That's like one of Ow. my favorite things. But it's because we did it right. And like the steps and like taking the process and you know like one of the things that me and Gigi talk about a lot like the thing about like being having a dom sub relationship is that you put your trust in a person and it's an active trust you can tell actual trust yeah you can tell your girlfriend oh I trust you with my life but it never comes up and like it doesn't mean anything 
I tell Gigi, I put my body in your hands. I trust you to take me to the depths of pain and not do any permanent damage to me ever. He pushes me so fucking far. I experience things that human beings generally don't experience in a positive way. Like things that would be torture if we did not have the kind of relationship that we do and that everything happened in steps and like built to the most extreme version of the thing that we're doing. And I do need to jump in here and say, this is a process. We didn't start there. Oh yeah. I started working with Paul and before we even got to really anything very intense, I started teaching him that pain, most people avoid pain, but I want you to embrace it. Pain can be a cleansing and a purification. Yeah. And to embrace the pain, not run from it. And it took several scenes to get Paul to really fully accept the pain into his body. To embrace it. To embrace it fully. Accept it, but to embrace it. And and once he learned how to embrace it, then we could go to the point where I could step on his nuts and watch him writhe on the floor in agony. (laughs) See, yeah, like, so they know. So back to what I was saying, the client literally went and, like, went and bought me these cleats. And I was like, I can't physically, I, my balls, my testicles are still attached to my body and my stomach, <laughs> they are. Mm-hmm. but I would feel that when I, I can't, like, I don't want to feel that pain yeah. <laughs> myself. And I know it's not the pain you're fucking feeling. So yeah. I agree to like pull my leg back as far back and like kick him in his nuts as hard as I could. It was like a, Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, a yeah. tap and then my foot's away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, tap, a, a brutally fucking kick and then pull away. And I have done some kicking in the balls for Paul. Well, I got there and he tried to kick. I didn't do it. I mean, I was just like, all right, bro, like, you've been talking. Like, now time is to go. But that is probably the other weird thing, like, yeah. out of everything I've done. Well, we're at the top of the hour, probably past it. I haven't been timing this real good because we're on Zoom this time. And we don't have a, I didn't notice the clock when we started, but I'd like to ask, what are some of the things you want to end the show with? What's your takeaways? What's something that's really special to you in all this? So in today's podcast, in our session, the main thing I'm appreciating is the education and the information that I've received from you guys. It's, it is an important. Oh, thank you. <laughs> for real, for real. And this comes from the heart. So I do really appreciate that. I totally agree and also appreciate the knowledge and awareness of what y'all two are doing with safety, you know, the agreement, the contracts, et cetera, et cetera, the session in general and the bond and healing process that can come from our community bdsm and fetishes everyone are not weird you are not a negative or degraded 
or a broken person. Yeah, like, well, some of us are broken, but it's a healing process. Yeah, You're yeah. not damaged. Yeah. And oh, like, in all words, you deserve love and a healing. So if whatever you are into or fantasize about, if this can bring you some type of healing or some type of clarification in your life to help grow and become a better entity, then don't sh- what is it shout or like shy or, you know like don't shun it shun it shun it yeah. Don't, yeah don't feel bad about being into that or don't attack or accuse or like put anybody down and bully them because they are into said thing because everyone is different and they need things to heal and process differently so mm-hmm. i do fully appreciate that you are doing bedtime stories and giving back the education and information that the world needs to learn or just be aware of because it's a beautiful fucking thing. Paul, you got anything? Yeah. So like play off of uh, things Gay has said, like I, I really do appreciate it when we do these interview episodes because the thing is everyone that's, comes to us comes with their own energy their own experience their own reality Mm -hmm. and that's true of literally everyone who lives and exists and one of the nice things about the show that we run that the people that we interview on our show have lived a, a very intense amazing life (laughs) an interesting intense life that a lot of people may be curious about i think a lot of people kind of wonder like what if i had done this complete weird bizarre thing And, and and like you get to like share in that experience without ever having to experience any of the downsides of it. Like we didn't really talk about the downsides of the work, but I, I have a feeling that uh, like in the future, we'll have Jay on again. I would love to be back. Oh yeah. We'd love to have you. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think, but like being able to get some of the, positive parts of someone's experience without having to experience the downsides is, you know, that's one of the really amazing things about mass media and the world that we live in right now. Like today's age. Y'all are like all of our listeners are able to hear this from all around the world. And you don't have to live the life that Jay has lived. To kind or of you get, have lived, or, or, or Gigi has lived. Yeah, to, to get like an idea of the, the like the things that it teaches you, and I, I so think the things you get from it. Yeah, process, like I said, everybody processes it differently. Yeah, and you I may get something different than him or them and me and Lady Boy Gigi. It may be a fully different experience for you. Yeah, so, yeah, but but like this also can put people on a completely new path that never knew that 
it was something that was open to them. So that's the reason I love these kind of shows that we do, bringing new guests on, because it gives people a different perspective. And I, I'm so glad that that's a thing that we can. What, what, what Appreciation for why you and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can give everyone a real appreciation for the kind of work that we do without ever having to go through the downsides of it. And that's one of the reasons, like I said, I love doing interviews with people because everyone has a unique experience of life. And one of the things that we seek to do is kind of put a spotlight <laughs> on the different ways that sexuality can can like different forms of sexual expression yeah yeah i think it's beautiful it is a very beautiful thing knowledge is power Mm -hmm. and knowledge also is the closest thing you will ever get to enlightenment Mm -hmm. and y'all are fully educating informing and then physically allowing it to be an opportunity these people can you know Mm -hmm. interact with they can actually physically do you give them not only the knowledge verbally your podcast but there is an actual temple for them to come and experience this in a physical manner yeah and also even if they can't do that they can always use their imagination and gain lots of fantasy material from this show. <laughs> no kink shaming. <laughs> we love free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A thousand percent. So um, there was one thing I was going to say earlier. It was a side comment, but I shut up and kept it. That's why I j- giggled. Um, you're saying you appreciate that I lost it. Never mind. It was a uh-huh. funny tale. I'll have to give it. <laughs> Save it for the next show. Yeah. It was a side comment about no, no. something you said, uh-huh. but it wasn't important. It was just funny. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I think for me, it's, I love the diversity and all the different alternative communities. And I love how different people express themselves differently. Mm-hmm. And I think in a sex negative culture, it's so taboo to do that sexually, to have your own unique sexual expression. And if anything else, I want to give everybody permission to freely sexually express yourself from your heart, form that genital heart connection. Mm-hmm form that bond with yourself to be liberated and free of taboos and to really explore and live a passionate life. Like in the movie Harold and Maude, if you don't get out and live life fully and take those risks, you'll have nothing to tell in the locker room. (laughs) Yes. I do have one last I'm yeah, go to all of the audience members, whoever is listening, fully educate yourself about dom and sub relationships. Me being a dom for work as well as in my personal life, it is two completely separate 
things. I do get messaged a lot about dominate me and they think it's only about sex and being rough and physical. You know, that's not always what it's about. So there's, you know what I'm saying? There's two different, complete different things because the majority of the time it's not a sexual action. Mm-hmm. It can be a power exchange. You know, it, it can be like I'm into humiliation, just making mm-hmm. fun of, you know, and degrading. It's like, I'm not always donkey punching your asshole like up into my shoulder. Like, bro. Uh, but... <laughs> But, you know, so everybody assumes immediately that I'm going to, like, pick them up and raggedy end them up against a concrete wall. That is not the case. Just uneducated subs learn. (laughs) And there is a psychosexual dynamic where you get into the things like humiliation play or emotional edge play that can be maybe even more painful and at a psychological level than physical pain oh and there's different kinds of pain and if it's done right the pain can be so cleansing and purifying and healing it's amazing (laughs) yes i agree such a paradox (laughs) it's the imagination the mind and the processing of said situation Well, everybody have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Enjoy your bodies and the pleasures of the flesh. The goddess, the creator, the universe, whatever made us, whatever created us, built us so that we can receive and give sexual pleasures. It is a gift. So enjoy the gift through worship and through the ceremonies of enjoying your flesh. Have a good night. Agreed. Good night. Peace, love, and life. (laughs) I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.